Beers with Daves. Okay, are we on? We're on. Welcome to episode, what episode is it? We're 10. Episode, episode 10, 10 of Beers with Daves. Are we going to harmonize again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> I was doing the editing on that one. So our podcast, Beers with Daves, uh, it comes out every week. Uh, so please subscribe and uh, on YouTube. Um, and then I guess anywhere you listen to podcasts, essentially, um, iTunes, Spotify, yeah, absolutely. So the video version comes out Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, and the audio versions come out pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts, 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. So if you listen to the audio version, you get it a little early, but certainly not as interesting. You should do both. I think you should as well. That would be actually pretty good. <laughs> you can listen to this this you, twice. You can do the audio first, and you can picture what we're doing. Like, I wonder how um, you know little Dave is using his hands. Yes, Yes, and uh, and then the next day you can see it in action. Totally, yeah. Totally. Do you like how we divi- I divided the Daves that way? I, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, remember to subscribe. Um, we talk about a whole lot of well, just nothing business stuff. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a feel. combination of business life and then things we find funny. Yeah, yeah, and a few inappropriate jokes in between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, on that note. Apologies for uh, the last episode, episode nine. Yeah, we're sorry, everybody. Uh, Why are we apologizing? Well, we didn't have a plan, and it got real bad real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, um, you got a little heated. Yeah, a little bit. And, uh, and I think it was fine. I think it was okay. Yeah. Not uh, our the, finest you know, moments. Yeah, but you know what's the best part about it? What? No one's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going to mess up and uh, say uh, bad things, uh, now's the time. How do you want me to do this again? I got to talk over it? Yeah, you got to talk. Like, it's got to be pointing at you. You don't want to be talking to the sides of it. Like this. Correct. Okay, so today what we have. And even like that. There you go. Okay, so today what we have is something that's a little bit different, but this was actually uh, my wife wanted us to do it. It's called Blue Lobster Rocket. Can we call it a Blue Rocket? And you can do whatever you want, bud. Okay. The Blue Rocket. And okay. I think it. It's supposed to taste like a like a rocket popsicle, a rocket popsicle. Okay. Uh, so it's vodka, and it is made Nova Scotia Spirit Co. Where's this from? Let me see. Must say Stellarton, Stellarton, okay. Nova Scotia. Cool. So yeah, sweet. Not a beer, but we're still supporting local. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I- it's the summer, and this is summery. And the best part about it is, I'm the one that cleaned the glasses today, so you're not going to have any sediment. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. I didn't appreciate the sentiment of your sentiment. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. It smells good. It smells like an icicle. An icicle? Just like a raw icicle? Well, yeah, I'm probably saying it's the popsicle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man, that smells so good. Are we going to cheers? Yeah, we're going to cheers. Cheers, buddy. See my little pound thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't realize we're back in university. I think uh, you know why isn't it a military thing? You know why I didn't learn that? Because I didn't go to. No, university. that's a military thing. He's a military thing. I think it's like have a drink for the fallen or something like that. Okay, I think so. Okay, all right. What topics do we got? Alrighty. So today we're going to be talking about um, handling business losses. What do you think about the drink? It's good. Yeah. I don't think uh, it tastes like a popsicle. The color is throwing me off because it tastes so much more than the yellow. It tastes so much more than the yellow. Well, I mean, it tastes like it tastes like something, yeah. yeah. But I'm tasting things that shouldn't be yellow, and maybe that's why they have it in this can. But that's not yellow. Okay, well, what, what color do you think this is? That's like a more of a white than a yellow. Okay, All right, well, are you colorblind? I know I'm not for a fact. I do not think I'm colorblind, okay. but I've never been tested, and I don't. I think I. I think it would come up. You think I think so? more in my life, I would say, "Hey, that's a nice green dog." Yeah, but nobody questions. And they go, "It's red." I don't think exactly that's how it works, (laughs) but uh, yeah. No, No, that's color confused. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay, okay. We're going to be talking about handling business losses um, and just kind of that whole aspect around it. We're going to be talking about negative qualities or at least perceived negative qualities that can actually turn into positives and be a good thing. And we're going to be talking about goal setting. Today is going to be a shorter um, podcast um, because we've got other commitments no, oh, it's because Dave forgot to plug in his laptop, and he only has 45 <laughs> minutes of battery. <laughs> we'll see if we even get there. <laughs> All righty, business losses. You okay. start, buddy. 
All right. So I guess what um, would you classify? Uh, just let's define business loss. Sure. You can define. <laughs> I pass it back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. So this one's uh, going to be different depending on the business, right? Um, so I know that uh, we have an expected amount, and this applies to all of the businesses, that we have an expected amount of volume that we know we should do, you know, help so many clients on a monthly basis. Um, and I consider a loss when we don't hit that volume and those amount of clients. Um, yeah. For for reasons, you know, like there's a one month fluke. It's not that big of a deal. There's always going to be fluctuations. Um, but perfect example, COVID uh, hurt us quite bad. Yeah. So when it comes to business losses, I think something that I have had come up with me versus people that aren't business owners um, is a little bit about what a loss is. So in my industry, it's very hard to lose money that you actually get. Um. So losses for me a lot is almost perceived losses. Yeah, but but this is this is comes from a lack of understanding of how business actually works, right? Like I mean, you in your business you get paid after you've done the work. Yeah. So your loss is not getting paid for all of that time. Yeah. Right? Uh and I think that a quote unquote regular employee would understand that loss if they worked all the hours and then somebody said, oh, sorry, you're actually not getting paid for those couple hours that you worked there. So, you know, sorry, we decided to go elsewhere. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And, and, and it comes to more than just clients. Yeah. Um, losses sometimes are like what you've put into kind of failed advertising. Yeah, totally. Um, time you put into maybe staff members that didn't work. There, there's a lot of different ways to kind of lose time and money in business um, that I don't think necessarily everybody thinks about or even cares to think about. Um, it's like one of the things that I thought was was um, interesting uh, when, when COVID happened yep. uh, was when we were start talking to other business owners and how other business owners were impacted and stuff like that. Totally. Um, I think what people typically think is that businesses kind of are all doing great. Well, I just I just think that you're you're totally right, by the way. I think that a lot of people, hey, you know what we forgot to do? Switch on the lights. Can you do that? I can do that. Yeah, sweet. Sorry everybody. We're gonna make it a little bit brighter in here. So just stick with timelines. We started a little bit earlier. Ooh. I was wondering why it was so dark. You gotta switch it the the other way. There you go. Alrighty, there we go. Sorry. Uh, how businesses are doing good. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that the average business owner, you know, the solopreneur, the person that maybe has themselves maybe, you know, up to say 10 staff, they're most likely not doing as well as somebody thinks, or at least they're doing well in normal times, but it's not like they're, you know, making millions of dollars. Well, even they might not know how well they're doing either. Uh, totally. Because just because you're a business owner doesn't mean that you know how to track things, you know how to do bookkeeping or you know how to do inventory or the type of things. Well, and it, and it becomes, it's way harder to do those things as a small company. Everybody thinks it's a it's smoother operation when there's less people. But, you know, <clears throat> if you consider a big company, a big company would have inventory people, they'd have marketing people, they would have the accounting department, they would have the internal HR departments, they would have all this type of stuff. And then if you look at just your regular, you know, say one man executive team, one, one person executive team, um, you know, they might be looking after 10 people, but doing all of those hats themselves. Yeah. Like when I started off, when I didn't have any employees, I remember once I took a whole business day roughly to figure out how to do my taxes. Totally. Went through all the receipts and all that different stuff. Yeah. Um, but when you look at losses in that type of situation, my phone would have rang and I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have picked it up. Yep. Uh, or maybe I didn't get to something quick enough and they can move on to other people. Um, so sometimes losses as well is what you're spending time on, uh, versus what you could be spending time on. Oh, absolutely. And, and I know we've had this conversation before in the past is, is it starts to become a real equation of, um, balancing your time. And and I think people judge a lot of, of people because, you know, oh, the person has somebody that does their house cleaning, cleaning, the person has somebody mowing their lawn. Oh, they hired an assistant to make them coffee. Okay. Nobody makes me coffee, and I don't think anyone makes Dave coffee, right? Um, but uh, when you when you start back and, and look at it, well, 
any time that's spent doing something that isn't generating revenues for a business owner uh, is costing them money. Yeah, and I was uh, kind of a victim of this. Victim is the wrong word. I I would panic over a ten dollars subscription. Oh man, I remember this. <laughs> I remember this. Even though it could potentially make me much much more, so I would focus on the things that I thought were important and not necessarily the money making things. Totally. Um, the problem is, is that um, you got to. I think it's very true. I I don't know if this with every industry, but I'm assuming it is to some type of scale. You need to spend money to make money. I, I I don't know what industry it wouldn't be helped by. Well, I think it has to do with making calculated, essentially spending money in a calculated fashion, right? But sometimes you need to fail to even know the calculation. Oh, buddy, and we've talked about this a, a ton of times, right? Um, about how the idea of why don't people succeed in business and why don't people listen when you're telling them exactly what to do to succeed? Well, it's because you need to fail in order to like have those life lessons, right? Um, but uh, I. I forget where I was going with that. You have to try to get life lessons? No. Like you have to, uh, beforehand you have to sp- um, spend money to make money. Yeah, okay, yes. Um, calculated uh, topics. And this is actually where we started talking about this off camera and then hence why we're talking about it now was this whole concept of, you know, this whole concept of counting your chickens before they hatch. You can't plan to make that money if you haven't made that money. But at a certain point in business to grow your business, you almost have to. Right, like you're unless you are in a very, very, very profitable niche. Um, chances are, if you hire somebody, you're going to be hiring them to either negatively impact and go even backwards financially, or cut the profits that you would have otherwise made. Right, and so you're making a calculated effort, knowing you know if I hire this person, I'm going to be able to handle double the volume, meaning you know I'm going to make more money. Right, uh, and I think that a lot of people get very scared of that. Uh, and it, we've both been in this boat, right? Like my first employee, I certainly didn't feel ready for them in any way, shape, or form. The numbers just didn't make sense. And then I know you've probably felt the same way. Yeah, I was completely panicked. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of forced me to do it. <laughs> did, it did it work out at least? It worked out very well. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> but it was extremely scary. Yeah, man. It's, it's, cause there's little things you don't get taught either. You don't, no one teaches you how to do payroll. Not only does no one teach you how to do payroll, uh, and and for all the accountants that are out there listening, they're going to be like, "Puh, it's easy." Yeah, well, you went to school for it. You did, you know, you've done on-job training with it, right? Yeah, take that, accountant. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> uh, Ben. Uh, but you, you, it's complicating because you, you know, it's not just getting the payroll software. It's okay. Now you got to set up for a payroll account with CRA. You have to make sure that you're submitting all of your freaking. Uh, your T2s, T1s, whatever the frig they're called, to say how much taxes have to be taken off for the employees, and you have to remit your source deductions. And, like, I mean, it, it's just a ton of steps that seems easy when you're the employee. You get your pay stub, and then you get a T4 at the end of the year. Oh, hunky dory, right? But there's so much back end that, that ends up happening. Um, kind of to give, to give everybody an example, um, in one of my businesses, we switched payroll softwares. Well, actually, we were doing it manually, and then we switched to a payroll software that actually calculates everything for us. But we accidentally uh, carried over balances incorrectly, so we forgot to indicate that how much money they made in the past. So um, when we issued the T four, uh, we thought it was fine because the system automated automatically generated the taxes that were paid was fine because we carried that one over. Um, but it said they made significantly less money than they actually made. Okay, well, that should be an easy fix. No problem. You just go reissue the T4, right? Okay, well, now you have to amend the T4. You have to send it into the government. that They have to process it. My T4 summaries are all messed up, right? Uh, and the can, a consequence of that is uh, we went to apply for the Canadian Emergency Benefit, the $40,000 yep. loan. Um, CRA says, yeah, you're not eligible because you haven't meet, met the payroll uh requirements but we have but because we made an error on our first t4 now we're screwed yeah and so now it's like navigating all these little things right um yeah good times yeah so i guess back to the losses yeah sorry got a little little off track there yeah never never tell dave the payroll is easy (laughs) really if there's one rule you can go by (laughs) never talk about payroll uh, just avoid the payroll (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, so with, with, 
loss is a, a thing that kind of gets connected with loss. It's quite a bit. My wife says this. Yep. Um, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, totally. It's a very common phrase. Uh, and what essentially it means uh, is don't um, assume you already have something before you, before you have it. Absolutely. I think that's very hard to do in business because you almost, to even think about doing it, you need to kind of dream how much it. you're going to make, yeah. You need to, okay, oh, I need to do these five steps so I can get this. And then if I get this, that means that I can do this thing. And you can't really go on the think that that might fail. You have to think that everything's going to work perfectly to execute your plan. Um, but things don't always work perfectly. But you kind of have to go in, I think, full on. Well, it's uh, it's it's funny. Um, it's not funny. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> it's great. Um, so Grant Cardone wrote a book called The 10X Rule. Great book. Who else um, wrote a book? Uh, I wrote a book, Behavior Before Math. You can buy it anywhere, Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, uh, in paperback or in ebook form. Uh, thanks for the the shills so that I can do here. Um, so um, Grant Cardone released a book, 10X Rule, and what he believes in is always planning to achieve 10 times what you believe that you're going to achieve. And this whole concept is that even if you only do three times as good or twice as good or you know five times as good, you're still way better than you would have otherwise been had you only wanted to get 20, 30, 40% better, right? Um, so I think to your point, you always need to go in knowing, hey, this is going to work. Uh, and if it doesn't, you want to at least plan for it to be successful, kind of no matter what. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't have backup plans. Sure. Or um, what's the word for it? Contingency um, plans? No, something risk. Uh, risk plans. Uh, ed- like an educated you risk? You want to play the... Yeah, a calculated calculated risk. risk. There yeah. we go. You can have calculated risk to it. You can know. You can like when we go buy properties, we're already doing math on maintenance and vacancies and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so there's ways to like kind of prepare for some things to not work. But again, if you think right off the bat that something's not going to work, I think that I think your mindset is such a big part of business that if you go into something new negative, I think it's just uh, what's the word you said it before uh, prophecy. Isn't it self fulfilling prophecy? Have you ever said that? Oh yeah, so, uh, totally right. I, I I'm a fundamental believer in the power of positivity. Is the only pseudoscience I believe in. Uh, there you go. Um, the uh, The concept is is if you believe you're going to succeed, you will succeed. Maybe not to the level you believe you will, but you know you're just naturally going to have good auras and all this type of stuff. Man, I sound like a hippie. Um, but if you constantly think that you're going to fail, if you constantly think the world's out to get you, then you're just going to live that that world. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and so the kind of power of positivity is pretty huge in business. It doesn't mean that you just go around thinking everything's going to work out. Um, but I think if you had to pick one <laughs> between – this is my problem. The, the dreamer and then uh, I've heard people say I'm a realist. I've said this, I think I've said this and before. And we've talked about this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So when it comes to the losses that you do in a company, when you are a realist and you lose a bunch of money – I th- maybe what you're going to think is, okay, I lost a bunch of money. Where did that come from? Facebook ads. Okay, well, maybe I'll never do Facebook ads again. Yeah. Why? It's not going to work. Yeah, because look, when you're a dreamer, you might go, hey, I lost a bunch of money. Hmm, I need to tweak this ad. Oh, t- totally, man. And and I, I think I think this whole concept of, of being a realist and, and so I think there's some people out there that look for every reason why something won't work instead of saying, okay, this might work. Where's the risk? Okay, how do you weigh the risk against that reward and then and move forward that way? And I know we have this conversation a lot as it, as it pertains to the real estate stuff we do is it's never not a good idea until it's a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I was talking to somebody and, I, and, and they were talking about doing having some type of other income in their life. And I said, well, what type of things would you be good at for business? Yeah. And they go, I don't know. And I go, okay, but just start naming stuff that you like. Yeah. It's like, who cares if it doesn't work? Totally. Come up with a business. What? You want a horse? Okay, cool. You're going to be a, like, a, like a horse walker. Yeah, yeah, is that realistic? Yeah. No. Oh, Next game plan. Well, you know what's funny, though, about this <laughs> is that I think that people oftentimes think that it costs an absolute fortune to start a business, right? 
and and you're right that it does take some it, it money. would for like restaurants and some businesses are very front end loaded but not everything but you know you, you say that right like, i guess and, you could start with like catering and stuff exactly right you yeah. start off outside of the box right is it going to make you a ton of money no is it going to make you be able to be self-sufficient right away no but could you start could you get a little bit of a clientele learn some stuff could you learn the skills could you learn what doesn't work what does work can you learn the connections can you eventually then get hired on as you know a contract cook at a, at a restaurant like or like a food cart like sure a food truck. right and you yeah. can just constantly build i think that people believe that business is either zero or hero yeah right um but i mean and, and this is actually my big problem with people that despise like the mlm model for example right um when you look at an mlm model and i don't care which company it's with right you know your startup costs will be anywhere can you say it fully uh, multi-level marketing company. Okay. Just in case I didn't know. Yes, not a problem. Um, but if you, you know, the startup costs are, on some of these could be free to upwards of a thousand bucks to get like fully into it, right? Yes, you can spend a lot of money and yes, losing a thousand dollars isn't worth it. But how much risk is a thousand dollars? And again, I, I say this loosely because of the fact that a thousand dollars to a lot of people is an extremely large amount of money. Heck, I don't, I don't want to go just spend a thousand dollars, right? But when you compare it to the risk that some people want to take in business, it's insane, right? Like I had uh, an individual say that they want to start a whole shop, like a metalworking shop. Well, that's like a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar ordeal. Yeah, and they don't even have any clients. Like, so you're spending fifty to a hundred grand with no clients, or you spend a thousand bucks and you go sell makeup, right? Yeah. Like, where's the risk in that? There's no risk. There's very little risk. Thousand bucks. Yeah, it's just maybe a lack of passion. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Maybe. But but back to that metal shop thing, there's a scaling, you're right. Yeah, and I think that I think that most people try to like go right into it thinking that it's going to be this big massive thing, but you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You don't realize how much it costs to hire employees because, you know, paying like the $15 an hour wage, that's only one part of it. You know what I mean? You've got the CPP, you've got the EI and the employer side of things, you've got the software that track them, now you have to deal with the accounting, the legal. Yeah, potentially like health benefits. Oh, the health benefits, you now got to deal with a place to put them. Like, I mean, this stuff adds up, and so that $15 an hour employee actually costs like 30 Yeah. right? Um, and I think a lot of people just don't, don't take that into account, and it's not because they're necessarily bad, it's just business is complicating. When I um, got out of, kind of before I got out of university, I was offered two jobs at the bank. And I was offered to be a mobile mortgage specialist, and I was offered to be a financial service rep. Yep. Financial service rep was a salary. Um, it was guaranteed. Um, the mobile mortgage specialist job had a draw for a period, but it was commission. Sure. Um, so there's no guarantee um, after the draw was done. Uh, and I remember talking to my parents. I remember talking to a bunch of friends. Uh, and uh, overwhelmingly, the consensus was take, take the, the FSA job. Yeah. Take the guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, heck no, we won't go. Yeah, and, and luckily, <laughs> luckily, um, my buddy's dad was in the industry. Like, I was able to bounce it off of him, and he was like, hey, go learn here. Like, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. see that, like, this built somebody a life. Totally. So I took the chance on it, and it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. If I but had very to, shitty. If time. I had to pick a one. And it, yeah, it was horrible for a long time. Yeah. But... I don't. I don't think that knowing the way my brain is, I wouldn't have been happy at a branch. I, I I'm going to go against like our, money aside. Yeah. I wouldn't have been happy. No, 100. percent I'm going to go against the, the the plan that we have in talking points because this kind of brings things up. I have a hard time with people treating a regular job job as something that's guaranteed or that's more secure than being self employed, and they treat it almost as if. Um, they deserve it. They deserve it, right? Like a right. It's a it's an absolute right. Um, I think that no matter what type of job you are, you're self employed. Just the nature of your self employment changes. If you're working for somebody, you want to keep your job, so you have to sell yourself. So your job is to sell yourself, and obviously to perform to the level that the job requires. And and I think you should exceed it because you always want to advance, right? Uh, I think some people think, oh, I've got a job, uh, I'm past my probation period, I'm fine. But people don't realize that, not that it's easy to fire somebody, because it's certainly not, it's a very big thing that a business owner has to consider, and it's not like any business owner wants to do it. Um, but a business owner will. If, if you're not performing, to. yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? 
And I, I just very much dislike the attitude of, you know, oh yeah, my job's fine, my job's super secure. And I think a lot of people are realizing that during COVID, actually. I think a lot of people have realized that their quote-unquote secure job isn't as secure, admittedly, for a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, still crazy. Yeah, I, I 100% agree on that point. Um, because, and also, um, sometimes I'm not the best on this, but I try to be. Uh, mood is a big thing. If you work with somebody, regardless if you're self-employed or you're an employee, yep. Um, if you're constantly in a good mood and you kind of have a smile and you're joking and all that different stuff, and people enjoy working with you, or they at least look like you're happy, sure. Not only is it infectious, but um, it goes a long way. I, you could be probably the best salesperson, but if I don't like you, maybe. You're not going to be the person I choose to go on some trip with me on some sales thing. <laughs> so it's it's this is actually really really interesting because there are some companies that I do business with on a professional business basis that the only reason I do business with them is because I like them and trust them, not because they're the cheapest price yeah. or necessarily the best outcome, right? Um, but I know them, I like them, I think they do good work, and I can trust that they're going to deliver on what they say they're going to deliver. Yeah. Um, for example, um, printing, right? You know, there's the big online uh, print store where you can get business cards and all types of stuff like that. I don't get my stuff printed there, except for mouse pads. Um, but I don't get stuff printed there uh, because I have a local printer. Probably costs cost me twice as much. But I think that relationship's a little more important than, you know, the extra $400 a year that... Relationship's everything. It is. And, and, and you don't necessarily know that the same way. You almost think like people... You put an ad out and someone's going to want to deal with you. Uh, people deal with people typically because there's a connection. The connection might be that they saw something online that got their attention. It could be someone that they were close with recommending them or someone they trusted. Yeah. Or you knew them personally. There needs to be some type of connection. Um, and the biggest thing I could say to anybody is your network is important. Yeah. Um, it's critical. Treat it well. Um. And, like, I'm going to get a little bit of flack maybe for this. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's very easy um, to – I just want everyone to kind of know this. It's very easy to go to the events that uh, industries have where there's – there's not not every event like this, but, but, but bo- booze and all this stuff, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you get a little wild. Oh, you can go to all the chamber events, and you can go to all of the – every other event that's out there. Yeah. I don't think it's quality networking, though. Yeah, uh, but there's sorry, kind of two. Sorry, Chambers. There's two things. There's two things of this that I think if anyone can kind of learn from me, because I, I think I'm fairly good at networking. Yeah. How good? Um, pardon? How good? I think it's one of my better skills. Real good. Real good. <laughs> Baby, I'm real good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also thick. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Madagascar. It's good. Good <laughs> yeah, movie. Shout out to Madagascar. Yeah, we also we run companies, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, when you're in a networking event, a few things that I would suggest: um, leave your phone in your car. Yep. Um, you could say things like, "Oh, well, what if I need to look someone up, or what if?" No, just leave your phone in the car. Just hear me out. Okay. You'd be shocked. You have no choice but to talk to people. And guess what? No one has anyone to talk to because everyone's on their phone. You know how much people crave to have someone to stand by a little bit for have a five-minute conversation so they didn't feel awkward? Uh, you know what? This actually applies to a lot of things. <laughs> like if you have a fear of public speaking, um, here's the truth is that uh, you know people in the crowd are, are just as, as awkwardly waiting for your, your, your little talk, and they are also scared of public speaking. You know what I actually uh, – talking about public speaking and doing anything you're uncomfortable with, I found that if you announce that you're uncomfortable doing something right at the get-go, it completely oh, – Self-depreciation humor is such a big, useful thing. It completely changes the atmosphere of it. If you're, if you're super scared of going up and talking and you walk up to the front of the room and be like, guys, like really this is – I'm sorry for what you're about to witness. This is going to be bad – and move on with it. No one cares. Well, you think about it. You're, you're in a, a full suit. You know, you're the whole dapper tie, all that thing. You're going up. They're announcing you. 
and then you go up and you go, hey, guys, can you, you know, am I holding this mic right? You just do stupid jokes. <laughs> jokes have to be – they're so minimal in a, in a professional setting. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And, you're, and you're like, all right, guys, well, I uh, hope uh, you know, we get, you know, you'll fall asleep. And then they just you just go through and they like you. I was doing a, a, a networking event uh, slash presentation last night, and it was via Zoom. Yeah. And uh, – I was sitting there. I'm like, yeah, guys, you know, really appreciate, uh, you know, this evening. I really like this 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 video format that we're doing here. And I'm like, guys, I, I even get to wear my Smurfs pajamas pants while I'm doing this, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, secret, I was actually wearing my Smurfs pajama pants. But uh, they don't know that. And that's a great joke, you know? That's and a great it's joke. such, like, requires no effort. I question about, do you have set jokes you say in meetings? So, uh, I have had the exact same jokes for nearly five years. And, um, are there some of them that aren't even that good? You say them anyway? They're horrendous, yes. I got one joke that's not funny, and it gets maybe a nervous laugh. Yeah. But I say it every time. I go, okay, so we're going to go through the online application, and I'm going to ask a bunch of boring questions for like five minutes, and then it's going to get interesting. And then they go, okay. And I go, as interesting as mortgages get. <laughs> okay. And they go, ha, ha, ha. I can't not say it. Yeah, and yeah. it's not that great of a joke. <laughs> no, no, man. Mine is... Mine is uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you uh, if you win the lottery, it's fine. Uh, there's two steps. What you need to do is uh, first you call me. We're going to go on a trip, uh, and then you can do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not that great of a joke, um, yeah. but uh, it lands every time. But yeah, I do set things too. I also uh, just another one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're hilarious. <laughs> I uh, I draw a lot. Yeah. So I draw demonstrations, and one of them I talk about the difference between a mortgage broker and a bank. So I go, I go mortgage broker, and I draw a stick man. Yeah, and then I always go, I pause, and I go, wait a second, and then I do a hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but <laughs> I know. do you that put one, a beard on it? That yeah, yeah, okay, that's that so one good. goes great. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. But I think that uh, yeah, humor humor plays a big important part. Well, because people don't want. You to think that no one likes arrogance. No, absolutely not. Some people may respect it a little bit, but I I don't think even if you respect it, you necessarily want to be around it. I, you know what I think it is? I think it depends on the profession. If I'm going to see a lawyer, for example, um, and I'm a little different than most people, but I would suspect that most people want to deal with the lawyer that you know, is stern because, you know, they yeah, want to know if they need briefcase. To, absolutely. They want someone that's stern because if, you know, they have to go up in court, they want someone that's going to wreck uh, the house, you know? Yeah. Uh, that good old expression, wreck the house. Wreck the house. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think that, uh, you know, they, they want someone like that. I think that they want their accountant to be very weird. I honestly think so. Right. You know, a little, little off. Right. Um, I think that, you know, somebody that's buying a car, they want somebody that's friendly and all this type of stuff. But if you're trusting, trusting, right. Friendly, trusting. Uh, yeah. I think somebody, when you want to go buy a, like if I go into home Depot or something like that and I want to buy some supplies, you know, I don't want the, it's not that I don't want the friendly, trusting guy, but I want the person that's going to, you know, give me all of the information. That's super, super knowledgeable. I don't care if they're wearing freaking Crocs and, 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 you know, the Capri pants, like it doesn't matter. It depends on the environment too. So like if I totally. have a client that comes to my office, I don't think it would matter if I wore a full suit and tie or a t-shirt. I can prove in a very short period of time that I I am a, their choice. Yes. Um, if you do that same thing at a networking event, for instance, you may never have the opportunity to talk to somebody and then the way you look is just the way that they, they, they remember perceive you. you. Absolutely. But when you walk into your office, you see the wall of fame and yeah. you can see that Dave's uh, a multi-award winning mortgage <laughs> broker, right? Uh, I hung, up, hung them all up myself. Yeah, yeah. Right when you walk in, you can't miss them. Might as well have a picture of Dave shadowed in the background. <laughs> but it's important though, right? Because there's no way that somebody can doubt your your knowledge. But if you, it, like I think if, if somebody were to, um, I think this type of podcast is a little different because I think people understand and know that this isn't our, like professional life by yeah. any means, right? Um, We're pretty clear about it. We say no one's listening. Yeah. But we have like 15 subscribers? 13. 13? 13. Oh. <laughs> wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful thinking. Um, but I, I think that if we went to networking events and, and talk like this, we wouldn't get taken seriously at all. But you know the weird part about it is, and just give me a second, I'll say this, right? Is as soon as you would leave the networking event and have the exact same type of interaction with somebody that was there but not at that event, it would it would go great. Um, I 
I don't know if this is in my brain. Yeah. Um, and I and I I think this is sometimes unfortunate, but since I have become more successful, people will tolerate a much more casual version of me in business. Um, for right or wrong, that is what I experience. Uh, so for instance, I had a client come in, a high net worth client, and I went, "Hey, man, how's it going?" I, he knows I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So it wasn't, oh, hi. It was just, it was different. And I, and I wasn't like that when I was beginning. So what I what I don't know, because I, I don't know if I could have done that the whole time. I don't know if the professionalism that I think I had to be 100% when I was starting, if it was even merited. I don't know that. But what I, what I do find, unfortunately, uh, is that um, since I got staff, people treat me a little nicer. Uh, people seem to want to talk to me more. I can be more casual. You're a big deal now. I can buddy. get away with a little bit more. I do not think I'm a big deal, uh, but I do see a difference in how people treat uh, my staff versus me. Ah, uh, I. You know what? I've also started to know. Just to interject, I see a substantial difference in how people treat my wife and myself. Not just my staff, but literally, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold here. How people treat a female uh, versus a male. Uh, we're way off topic here, but anyway, I've seen this. We'll talk about this in another day. I've, I've seen that too, and there's been specific clients that uh, I've had to I've had to talk and say, please don't talk to them. Yeah, um, because there 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 are um, arrogant motherfuckers. Yeah, there's a lot of arrogant people. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. That aren't that aren't very friendly. But uh, I I completely agree with you about the kind of the whole staff thing. Like I have a team of highly dependable and highly trained people that can answer questions and you'll have clients that will refuse to speak to them or ask them the question despite the fact that they'll get an answer way quicker you know what's like me i don't do documents yeah it doesn't stop someone from specifically wanting to talk to me to ask a question about a document and I, i and i call and i go okay let me check with blank i'll get back to you and i'm doing that quite deliberately yeah because i could just look it up but like I'm not the document person. It, you know what? It'll, it'll even get to a point, like with me for people's payments. I don't even know how to use the payment system. Like I just don't know how to use it. Yeah. Like I, I'm sure I could get on and like half figure it out and, and like make it work, but it would take me twenty times as long as you know Carrie Haley or, or anybody else. Yeah. Right. And so if you're calling me to ask about payments specifically, like you'd pick the wrong person. I'll do a perfect example. Okay. Um, it's, I guess this isn't a very interesting thing for anyone to listen to. No, nah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> We're just chatting. Uh, so me, I'm the owner. Somebody asked me for an update on a file. And what I did is I went through all of my emails and I searched the name and I read through stuff. Yep. And I couldn't find it. And then I walked down the hall uh, to my team's office and I said, can I have an update on the file? And they said, sure. Uh, and they opened up our CRM system. <laughs> they pressed a button and every update was there. Yeah. It's <laughs> a perfect example. Of yeah. Just because I'm the one that started it doesn't mean I'm the one that's most current on what you're specifically asking for. I, I still stay in the, I still do the problem solving and the technical stuff, but. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It, it, it's, it's no joke, man. Um, I, I think that, and I understand this, right? People want to be working with the person, you know? Um, but the reason why we've hired people is because. You know, at least at the very beginning, right? You're you're hiring your weaknesses, right? So if you're calling me to ask about a a you know a document update or a payment update, well, that's not my strength. That's why I hired somebody to do it so they could do it better than myself, yeah. right? Um, so it's 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 I think it's a fallacy to try to deal with the person all the time. Um, follow the system, right? Uh, just for something, what what do you think? For kind of guess business or maybe life, yeah. Your biggest strength is and your biggest weakness. Oh, this is a. I, I I would say that my biggest strength is that I will, I will work until something's done, no matter what. And I think I would apply that to any profession. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Right. I will. Uh, if if need be, I'll be here at at five a.m. until nine p.m. Uh, I'll do that every day for a year, if need be. What about a weakness? Uh, I think my biggest weakness uh, isn't so much my organizational skills independently, but.
but I think as soon as other people are relying on my organization, uh, things fall down. So for example, I don't handle any of my own admin because as soon as I'm dealing with the admin that other people have to access it, 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 the whole system breaks. Um, so I have people that, that handle, you know, like my CRM, I don't touch my own CRM. <laughs> it's handled, uh, by the team. Um, just because if I was to do it, I would forget to do it. I wouldn't do it. I'd have everything in here, but the problem is, in here does nothing if somebody else needs to ask yep. uh, access the information. By the way, I was pointing at my head for the audio listeners, <laughs> right? So, yeah, how about you? Um, I, I think um, it's a little tough on the strength part because I, I, I think, uh, I think if you had to pick the, my biggest strength for business, yep, um, I give off a, I give off. Um, and it's not fake, but I give off a trusting vibe. Yeah, I would. I would say I, I was going to say that your biggest strength is networking. Yeah, and just being able to communicate with people and, and having people like you instantaneously. Yeah, so I think I think that. Um, and then my, I think my biggest weakness um, is uh, procrastinating things that aren't necessarily the big money making tasks of my job. I get excited about the sales. Yeah, 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 I don't get excited about the, I don't know, the email I got to write to get the sales. So it's like this weird combination sometimes where it's like I get excited to do it, but then executing on it, I was bad at. So that's why so I, that's why I side, hired staff. The admin side of things, yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah. it's funny how you can spend all this time getting something, yeah, and then not finishing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, totally, man. So crazy. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's weird, right? Um yeah. 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 What else we got for topics? We're at 41 minutes, but um we've got a choice between two topics cuz I don't think we're going to be able to cover them both. Okay. Um, we can talk about negative qualities that actually turn positive, that are actually good things and goal setting. What do you want to talk about? Whatever we want to talk um, about, you have to start. I think goal setting could be very long. So let's do negative. Okay. Okay. So I guess negative qualities that could be positive. Do you want me to start just to kind of framework what we're talking about here a little I bit? I want to guess. Okay. I want to guess. I'm going to do it wrong. It's going to be so mad. Um, <laughs> go wear a mask. <laughs> uh, so uh, negative quality. So I, th- uh, I think a, a negative quality that I think can be, so can be positive. I'm going to just framework right, go, it, right? Okay. Right. So uh, I think that a lot of people, when they see somebody that dedicates their life to their job, they see that as a very, very, very negative thing. Um, and not necessarily that it's not negative, but there are positives to it, right? Especially depending on your on your your, your stage in life, right? Um, people might see like a, an OCD type attitude, or, or you know, somebody that's 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 constantly just coming up with ideas. They might think of them as dreamers, and you know, we've had this conversation before. Sometimes people think that dreamers are jokers, right? But in fact, I think a lot of those things are very positive, especially as it relates to businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So for negative qualities, um, I guess from a business standpoint, uh, charging maybe, uh, you know, average to premium prices on something, for instance. I think a lot of people would be that negative. You're charging $15 for a t-shirt, $20 for a t-shirt. Okay. Sure. You're um, a home home. Uh, you're a smaller shop. Yep. Uh, and the people think oh, I can get a t-shirt for eight bucks at Walmart. So that is a sure. negative thing. The negative price. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the good part of that um, is that you create jobs. Totally. Um, so um, and you yeah so that uh, you create jobs that sometimes last too like there's more meaningful connections there. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think people look at the negatives of. Um, smaller kind of mom and pop local stuff at yeah. the prices, uh, but not necessarily the positives of what it does to the community, those families and the jobs it creates. I kind of on that one, I think, uh, I think that goes a lot with a lot of things. Um, a lot of people want to buy the cheapest thing possible, but then something goes wrong and it's not that the company doesn't want to help. talk about your cell phone. Oh man. <laughs> I so want to. I so want to. But I'm not going to. Um, but people, you know, something goes wrong and the business just simply didn't make enough margin to be able to support somebody after the fact, right? And what really bothers me is in that then people go and complain. But it's like, you know, if you want the premium product that comes with the premium support, you're unfortunately going to have to pay the premium price. 
and premium price doesn't mean it's the most expensive thing out there. You can get quality items um, for for cheap. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess another negative thing is obsession. Um, obsession, just the word is negative. Like it's not a. That's not a. No one's ever thought the word obsession is positive. Totally. Um, but um, we both kind of have obsessions. I think when it comes to, to businesses, I think our obsessions are a little different. Um, but but I think it still think, has a positive effect. Yeah. T- so like for instance, I think your obsession. Um, I think I don't know. We're, we're very similar, actually. You're a little bit more on the process side than I think I am. Totally. Your obsession is how to like expertly do something as efficiently as possible. Um, and I, I'm a little bit more obsessed with, oh, I got a business plan. Let's go find more people to do this. How, okay, how do I? Who do I meet to get this done? So you know what's really interesting about that because you're you're entirely right. I really like the process. I like building businesses. I call it right. Um, and this whole idea of doing something as efficiently as possible. Um, I actually sometimes have to pull myself back and realize that you don't have to be perfect at something in order to succeed. Is it is it eighty twenty? Is that the rule? Yeah, the idea is it will take twenty percent of the effort to yield eighty percent of the results, and you could spend eighty percent of your time trying to perfect that twenty percent. Um, and so this is something that I've always actively had to work against because my brain kind of intrinsically says, "Okay, I can make this better. How do we get this better?" But while I'm focusing so much effort on making it perfect, I could have done 25 other different things, right? Yeah. Um, so constant, yeah. But yeah, I, I think they do think that is a negative. Like I, uh, you, know, you know what's a negative that's kind of prevalent in my life is um, taking work home with me. Okay. Um, I take work home with me. My work doesn't stop. Sure. Um, especially because in the industry of, of mortgages, um, just the concept of buying a house. A lot of people are doing that off hours. Yeah, but you know what's crazy about mortgages? I, I got to interrupt, man. Is that you don't realize how complex buying a house is until you're actually doing it, right? Yeah. And I would say that of every purchase that you have, that's to even a a, a somewhat a degree as as large as it is. And there's very few things that cost two hundred, three hundred, four hundred million dollars, right? For people listening, in Toronto, uh, um, like. Due diligence phase. Yeah, you get a week and a half. So yeah. you've got to go and get your financing, all of your inspections. You've got to be comfortable with it. Like, I mean, and that's only to name three things. You need freaking water tests and, 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 the, and just everything. People are upset. They're on edge. Well, of course. The most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. And like when we bought our house, like that was super stressful. I was in Dave's office like every half hour because he's down the hall from me. Um, but how many how many how many offers had we done at that point in time to like buy twenty? Yeah, and we'd gone through this process yeah. a crap ton of time. Did we we already, buy a house before? Did we? We buy did. We had the triplex yeah. before. So we even bought something before, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But the most stressful thing I've ever experienced is buying the house that you want, right? Yeah. Because it's like, okay, it's going to work. When do we get the answer back? Okay, if the answer is no, like, how do we adjust to, to somehow figure it out and make it work, right? Um, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I guess on the negative, I don't even remember what the negative was. Oh yeah, taking work home. Yes. Um, so taking work home uh, is a negative thing because it cuts into my family life. Um, people have this kind of rule in their mind that you need to relax a lot. Yeah, I hate that rule. Which I, I have some problems with. Yeah. Um, maybe we can talk about that in a second. So, but taking your home, uh, um, taking your work home with me. I, I had a client. Um, that was very near and dear to my heart. Um, he needed a very specialized heart uh, house because of his uh, um, situation. Yep. Um, and um, if I didn't work off hours, he was going to not get it. He was selling something. He was going to be homeless. Yeah. Okay. So me working and me taking that home with me, which really was just taking you know a ten minutes to do an email type of thing. Sure. Um, can be the difference of of getting somebody a house and helping families and stuff like that. Totally. Um, totally. The negative side of that is that you're not home, you're not present for your family. So there's this, there's this funny, there's this funny kind of predicament that you have sometimes where you want to be home for your family, um, but sometimes your job is very important. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to explain that sometimes because when you do the same job over and over again, it seems to not be important. Totally. Um, I don't find mortgages that hard to do. 
you don't find what you hard to do very hard to do. I'm assuming. Sure. Doesn't change the fact that what that it means a lot to some people. It means a lot to a lot of people, and I think that's true in 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 almost every profession. Yeah. Or else there wouldn't be a job. Yeah. So when it comes to kind of the work life balance type of thing, versus um, you know doing what you need to do for clients, that's a really hard thing to to put together, and that's a big negative. Uh, in my life is me taking work home. Um, but it's an, I find it's a very necessary evil because you have to help people. So it's funny because I think we have different opinions on this. And my opinion is that you make, quote-unquote, short-term sacrifices. And short-term is a very relative number depending on situation to then ultimately have what you want, right? And so I see taking work home as, okay, you're just getting it done. You're grinding it out to get to the point where – you know, you have a team of five, ten people where you don't ever have to do that again, ever, mm-hmm. right? Um, Until you have a team, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm working at home," <laughs> but it's different work. You know what I mean? Like you're you're, yep. you're 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 you know extinguishing fires at that point in time, and the stress that you will end up taking is is a different type of stress where you can still live a life, right? Yep. I know a lot of business owners that it's are very in that much stage. a different stress too, especially when you're dealing with high level problems, but not necessarily the client. It's, you can be so objective, well, this and you is, can really get it done. And this is just it, right? Um, I have a lot of um, associates, friends, whatever you want to call them, that are at that stage in their life where theoretically they could literally sit in their house on their friggin' sofa in their Smurfs uh, pajama pants all day, and they would just manage their businesses remotely. It's a totally different level of stress and a, a level of, of, of workload because instead of dealing with the actual problems, they're dealing with the consequences of those problems if that mm-hmm. makes sense right yep. um so you know instead of it dealing with the client that's screaming at you on the phone because they can't get a mortgage and they need something in the next 15 minutes you're now dealing with hey how do we make this not happen again yeah right and those are two very different levels of stress right one is oh crap i'm getting yelled at uh hey wife i have to deal with this right now um and the second one is oh, okay you know if this takes a month to solve so we never have this problem again no big deal yeah right um so I, I, th- that's the difference in, in viewpoints is that I see bringing work home a short-term problem, not necessarily a long-term one. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, there is positives and negatives to everything. Oh, it, yeah. and, and, and positives and negatives are perceived things, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Robin uh, – doesn't necessarily appreciate that every morning at 6.30 my laptop's open until about <laughs> 6.45. Just doesn't appreciate when you uh, video chat me when you're both in bed. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. <laughs> but you know, we all have our one loves. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed. Um, it's, what we really want is we want some type of interaction. So for you 13 subscribers, I think one of them is me. One of them's me. <laughs> for one you. of them's Robbins. One of them's your wife. Or uh, for those nine subscribers. Sarah, you have to save us. <laughs> Sarah, can you tell us something to talk about, please? Anything. Anything. Anything at all. We would love it. We talk about business and stuff, but honestly, you shoot us an article about whatever. We'll talk about it as long as it's not risque. Risque. Uh, yeah. Hey, do we harmonize yet? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Uh, I went on too strong with that high note. Um, so, um, videos come out, uh, what Thursday at four Thursday at four and audio is out, uh, Wednesday at four. So please Eastern. subscribe. Um, and we really hope that you enjoyed it and, uh, stay classy, everybody. Absolutely. Have a good one. Beers with day.